This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And welcome to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James Golden here, 800-848-WABC is the number to call if you want to be part of today's program, 800-848-9222. We have a very busy show today. Derek Hunter is already awake. I don't know what happened. It must have been a slow night. but uh, And so we will catch up with our friend, our good friend, Trump hater, Carrie Lake hater, Derek Hunter. We had a great interview with Carrie Lake this week, and we are going to replay that. Also, Autry Pruitt will be with us. Autry Pruitt is the CEO of New Journey, a political action committee that has been in the forefront. I founded it. But Autry is the day-to-day guy. He runs it. We're going to talk about the Herschel Walker fiasco. I took. I started to do a call yesterday on Herschel Walker, and I made some of you mad because I also talked about uh, earlier in the week how the GOP needs to put up candidates who, how shall I say this, how can I say this, um, can articulate the message without making people cringe and immediately my very own Princess Diana, the Princess of Policy, our queen-to-be, who does not have a series on Netflix, said, I only have two words for you, John Fetterman. Well, okay, Your Highness. So I will uh, see whether I stepped in it when I made that. I'll talk about that with Autry coming up. Um, also, the princess will be here. Also this week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to, with the bumper music, I've asked Diego to put together something for us today. Um, I got a text earlier, an email earlier in the week from Darren Rodison, who is just an amazing human being. He works here at WABC. He helps me a lot put together the interviews with some of the musical artists that come here like the George Benson thing would have never happened without Darren and some of the others. And he sent me an email. He said, this one really hurts my heart. Jim Stewart was a Memphis music legend. He co-founded Stax Record, put the ST in the name with his sister, Estelle Axton, who completed it, produced so much soul and R&B that shaped so many of our lives and music tastes, created the Memphis sound. And the Memphis sound is a defining American music sound. He had a huge impact on the city where I grew up and in love so deeply. So I said, you know what, Darren, we're going we're gonna to celebrate. That was earlier in the week. That was on December 6th. We're going to celebrate some Stax music today, along with everything else. There are stories in the news that cannot be avoided. In fact, we should be talking about them front and center. Something very strange has happened 
in Doha. Now, many of you, some of you, this is America, so I will not say many, some of you follow the World Cup. Yep, Diego has on his World Cup, you know, Kevin Perez, who will be with us today too. Kevin Perez has his sports report coming up. Crooked competitors on today's show as well. Kevin um, talked about things that were going on in the World Cup as well. But today, a United States journalist, Grant Wall, 48 years old. has Now, most of the time when we hear somebody 48, 6 years old, 7, 8, people say, aha, another mysterious death. Mm-mm, wonder if they were back. Um, but this one is intriguing. This guy wore a rainbow shirt over there. It wasn't appreciated. And some of the news reports say that he had, you know, upper respiratory issues going on. He wasn't sleeping well, blah, blah, blah. But then one report I read said he was just sitting around working on a story for minutes. He was laughing and joking minutes early, and then all of a sudden he kills over and he dies. And people are, some people are suggesting that something nefarious has happened. I don't knew. But I find it interesting that people are raising that as a possibility. The Russians are laughing themselves silly at us over this trade, the WNBA trade. We get Griner, they get the Merchant of Death. Now, if you listen to Princess Di yesterday, she went into detail about who this guy, Victor Butt, is. And when Princess Di comes on later, I hope she will repeat it, some of it for us, because people just calling him the Merchant of Death have no idea the evil. I had no idea the pure evil that this man has inflicted on the world. And for us to trade him off for... Anyway, i tell you what we're going to do, Diego. We're going to probably break early because we've got so much to do. And I'd like to get into it as soon as possible. Archery's standing in the bullpen. Derek is in the bullpen. Derek is awake. I can't believe it. So why don't we do this? Let's take a break, come back. Again, we're going to get started. We've got a full show for you today here. If you want to be part of it, and certainly we encourage you to be part of it, we love your calls. We love your contributions to the show. 800-848-WABC is the number, 800-848-9222. Coming back right after this. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. The Stack Sound of 7 Dave here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. It's our Saturday morning. Radio Extravaganza.
I used to play in a band in Queens when we were kids. This is one of the first songs we learned, and we used to rock the house with this. Speaking of a soul man, well, Derek Hunter is awake. Usually we wake him up on Saturday morning. Why are you up already, Derek? I went to bed early. I wanted to get up, and I had some business to do in the morning, and I want to watch the World Cup, so I have to get it all oh, done. Yeah, you're watching the World Cup, my You are watching I the am. World Cup? Yes, I'm going to watch Morocco versus Portugal at 10. Boy, and then the game wait. I'm really interested in is uh, Mbappe versus Harry Kane at 2. Who? Mbappe. Killian Mbappe. Good Lord. Don't pretend you don't know, James. Yeah. I you're, don't you're not know playing. who you're yeah, talking about. Right. I don't know. Look, I'm American. I watch American sports. Yeah. No, I don't even you, watch American sports anymore. You don't watch I got... anything. You're just angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one that's angry. Um, by the way, uh, Kerry Lake has filed her suit. Yeah. And I am in 100% support. We interviewed Carrie Lake this week. Maybe you should listen and become educated as to the real issues going on in Arizona a little bit later, Derek. You know, with friends like you, who needs friends? I listened to the opening of the show, <laughs> and it was all just attacks on me, lying attacks. On, look, if, if you need to attack somebody else to make yourself feel good, James, go right ahead. I'll take one for the team. but. Spare me all of this. I am aware of the lawsuit. I am not familiar with the content of the lawsuit. I saw last night Liz Harrington, who at least used to be Trump's spokesman. I don't know if she still is, mm-hmm. uh, tweeting out pages from it. But honestly, I went to bed in preparation for this verbal badgering uh, instead of, of reading up on it. So why don't you educate me? I will. I will play the interview later. But first, I want to introduce you, Derek, to Audrey Pruitt, who is the CEO of New Journey. And he's here with us. And I wanted to, you know, seriously talk about what happened in Georgia. There is an article today. I'm trying to remember the source of it. It may have been in The Hill. It may have been in some outlier uh, publication, Derek, that said, now Georgia, it's over for Georgia. Georgia is no longer a swing state. And the um, election of Herschel, uh, the election of Ralph, re-election of Ralph Warnock has sealed the fate. They went for Biden. They went for Warnock twice. And so forget about it. It is officially now pretty much, they're saying, uh, pretty much a blue state in Georgia. And except before I bring in all the statewide election, except for every other statewide office, except for the two U.S. senators. Yeah, it's a it's a blue state. No candidate quality. <laughs> I heard you talk about it, and I heard you talk about how you caught some hell for it. But you're right. Look, it, it helps first of all if the candidate lives in the state. That would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of fearful now with uh, with Kirsten Cinema switching to independent it looks like you know it is a certainly a good lane for a potential republican candidate out in arizona in 2024 mm. i want to maybe 
get a petition to prevent Herschel Walker from moving to the Phoenix area, <laughs> or at least signing a lease for an apartment. He wouldn't buy a house there because he still wants to live in Texas, but at least renting an apartment in Phoenix so he doesn't run. Yeah, it, it's kind of a, a joke. Quality of the candidates matters. You're right. When you uh, And here's another thing. I wrote about this in town hall this week. Republicans need to learn that going on Fox News is good for fundraising, and that's it. It is not a substitute for campaigning. It is not a substitute for FaceTime with a candidate. It is not a substitute for engaging with local media. As awful as they can be, you need to because Fox News on its best night has 3 million people. You divide that by 50 states. You're looking at 60,000 per state if it's the way it broke down. It's not New York, California, more people, Florida, more people, more viewers, which means you're reaching a tiny percentage of the people who can vote for you. And with local media, 100% of the people consuming it can vote for you. It's a much better rate of return. So while you can raise money on it, it's no substitute for actually talking to people. And it doesn't seem to me that the Walker campaign allowed him to talk to local media or really engage in conversations with people. We can know why. When he was on with Hannity on Fox, he'd have Lindsey Graham sitting next to him or Ted uh, Cruz sitting next to him, and they would do most of the talking. He's I'm not saying he's stupid. He just seems disinterested in it. He seems disinterested. There's a difference, and it's not lack of intelligence. He's had a year to learn the issues. But if I offered you a hundred bucks right now to tell me what the justification for Herschel Walker's candidacy was, could you do it? What yes. were the top three issues he wanted to do? What were the top three issues he was going to implement in Washington? Yeah, well, the justification was he was endorsed by Donald Trump. Well, let yeah, us, okay. Let's Stop bring in Aud- for a second. Let's bring in Autry. Autry Pruitt, welcome. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm well. I'm well. This fine. Uh, this fine morning. Now, let's talk about Herschel Walker. Yeah. You were on the ground. First of all, tell everybody what New Journey does, what New Journey's about, what you're about. New Journey's about moving black voters from the blue column to the red column. Real simple. So you had a prime case there where where Herschel Walker, let's move. What happened? Herschel Walker couldn't move his aborted babies from one column to another, let alone (laughs) black voters. That's, I mean. I thought I was going to catch hell today. Am I lying? Am I lying? Herschel Walker, I personally know. I personally know. We held, I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it. We held an event that we had pre-set up for two months for Herschel Walker in Atlanta. He called the day, or his, his, his wife called, who is in charge of the campaign schedule. Who puts their wife in charge of the campaign schedule? Who does it has no campaign? Oh, my wife's in charge of the schedule. You're an NFL former football player. You're the manly man. You're the alpha guy. You're the black version of Trump, and your wife is running the show? You remember when Trump told his wife to step off and get behind and shut up? That's what Herschel Walker should have done. But no, no, no. He let his wife run the show. So I, I need your audience to understand this. If you want to in see. fairness, he had a lot to make up to for to his wife for. Maybe that's it. That's why she was running the show, just to make sure his thing stayed in his pants. I'm not, I'm understanding, but this, this is what happened. Dang, so that, rough. that is just what I experienced. Then when I started to meet other individuals, there's a guy well, out of Boston. Well, wait a minute. I know. Finish the story. Oh, so, 
So we held an event for Herschel Walker. We had NFL stars there, a golf star there. We had elected members of uh, the state uh, house in Georgia there. I believe we had a state Georgia senator there. No show. About two hours before the event was taking place, we get a call. He's not showing up. And we were raising money to support his retarded behind. Can you say retarded now? I apologize. I'm sorry. That's not nice. We were we were raising money to support him. You know, Trump has the knack of picking the dumbest African-Americans he can find. That's not the word I was going to use, but this is not uh, the breakfast club. He, he has a knack of picking the dumbest African-Americans he can find and holding them up. Omarosa, right? There's plenty. If you wanted to import somebody to Georgia, why didn't you just import Ben Carson for Pete's sake? At least he was a neurosurgeon. Right? He's like the smartest one. And then, oh, Ben Carson was too smart for him. So then he had to go and pick the dumbest people. This is, this happens. Why are you hanging on Trump? I'm surrounded by Trump haters over here. Look, you know, I you support know, Donald Trump. Donald because, Trump. No, no, I'm going to take dumb white people too. A fair, so fair point. I'm ragging on Trump because Trump, Trump has lost what five governorships, right? He lost four of them. He lost of the, no, of the house. No, seats. Trump didn't lose them. The candidates lost them. Well, the Trump didn't put any, he certainly didn't help them. Let's say that. How much money did Trump put into those elections? How much money did he take out of any of his super PACs and put in those elections? Ooh, Mitch McConnell even put in money in J.D. Vance. Mitch McConnell even put in money in Herschel Walker. Mitch McConnell put in 18, money, 18 million. And the only reason why Mitch did that was to stave off the attacks. That's the only reason he did that. Because Mitch McConnell knew that Herschel Walker wasn't a, Herschel Walker was an aborted fetus walking. Anyway, I'm no longer going to expect to be introduced as the number one Trump hater on this show, James. I uh, I I relinquish my crown. (laughs) I wrote a book for the guy. He is a great business guy, but he doesn't know crap about crap when it comes to politics. And that's because he chooses to surround himself with sycophants that will not tell him the absolute 100 percent truth. Dr. Oz lost to a bumbling, stuttering guy who couldn't tie his shoes. Stop a minute. John Fetterman had a stroke, and we should not be in here trying to mock victims of a stroke. When If, if anybody has even had a mild TSA, you know how debilitating that is. And there have been other people. Look at Thune. I, was it Thune? Or, uh, or help me mm-hmm. here, Derek. Um, I, there was another con- a, a senator who suffered a stroke who was out for a while and couldn't return back to the Senate right away. But eventually. I, re- I remember who it is. I can't remember the name, but it, yeah. there's a difference. Look, they were already in the job. You don't hire. But it's not mocking him, it's true. Hands. You it's don't not a hire somebody who can't he do the job. He couldn't tie his shoes. He couldn't tie his shoes. I mean, in fairness to Audrey, what would it take to be able to rip on John Fetterman for not being competent? What, let's say he's in a coma. Would it be okay for him to, to, to mock him then? Everybody's joining in here. He's well, just, Scott, I, I, let me answer your question. <laughs> You're a squish, Golden. You're a squish, and you know it. I am not a squish, but I also don't believe... I think the way that we frame things is important. The guy had a stroke, so I'm not going to sit down and start ragging on him because he was stuttering and all the rest of it. No, look, no look, here's why on, you rag on him about wait, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You wait a minute. Here's why you rag on him with the stroke. 
because he, his wife, and his entire campaign apparatus yeah. lied about the stroke. Oh, it's just a minor little hiccup. It's just like a little gas. Then no say that. And then, he, then he wins the primary, and then you find out, oh, wait a second, he nearly died. Oh, wait a second, he can't string together a coherent sentence. Wait a second, he makes Peter Boyle and young Frankenstein seem articulate. That becomes problematic when you lie like that. That's I agree. But say that. But when you start saying the guy's stumbling and he can't do all of this stuff, you're making it sound like this is his natural state. The guy had a stroke. So let's just acknowledge that he had a stroke. What's his natural natural state state now? Was he and he's kind of stupid, and he is. This is his natural state. He's right. Was the guy had a stroke? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you have. He could have dropped out of the race at the point when he had the stroke and said, "Look, I I don't want to be judged for my current mental incapacity. Please <laughs> find someone else to run." I can't actually do this job. I'm going to focus on my recovery, and we'll see what happens in the future. But you'd have to have a wife who gives a damn about and you. Instead of saying, and instead of saying that, he just said, good night, everybody. <laughs> Do you he understand said, fire that? What is so hard about this? I am not saying any, everything that you're saying is right. That doesn't mean that we should mock the guy for being unable to talk after properly well, after I, he's I, had I, a stroke. We can point out that he wasn't. He certainly wasn't up to the job, but guess what? He has the job now, and we had Dr. Oz. We had a medical doctor, for goodness sakes, running against him, and we still lost that race. And we lost it because, and I don't want to be split semantics with Derek. Maybe there's a little tiny disagreement here, but it's not just candidate quality. Let's be real. These were all first-time candidates. That's that's a problem. you got Carrie Lake, you got Dr. Oz, you got Herschel Walker. You're running first-time candidates against incumbents. That's the mistake. Even if they're, even if you weren't going to get, Carrie other- Lake ran a better campaign than most than most candidates we have ever seen. But she's seen. still lost. She is not lost. That election. Well, let she me lost. She lost the election so far. It is in court, and what happened in Arizona was a total travesty. She okay. lost. She's going to unleash the Kraken, and, and things are going to change. Here we go again. I'm sorry. This, I, listen, I love Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake is brilliant, but she was a first-time candidate. And my argument is, just like with Herschel Walker and any of these people, if you had a person who had experience actually running a race, running and losing prior, running again, she may not be in the position of having to try to get a court to put her in office. Because that's not, how it's going to be. Wait a minute. Just stop it. But one, let me just say, let's deal with the facts here. Facts, okay? Fact. The two guys in charge of the election in Maricopa County, which mm-hmm. has the largest percentage of oh. Republican voters, stood up a super PAC, and most of their expenditures were against the candidate that they're in charge of the election for. So that tells you something's wrong here. Then you had machines, that tabulation machines, unoperable. You had you had printer toner that's a, that all of a sudden the guys in charge of the election couldn't figure out before the election we had tab, we had ballots where they could not be discerned because of problems with printers. Now this stuff, the two guys, Bill Gates, Stephen Richer in Maricopa County were in charge of every aspect of that, and you're telling me that's not problematic. I'm saying that. 
what votes are you going to change? How are you going to change the votes? Are you going to get a court? What court, what judge, what person, the right mind is going to come through and say, hey, guess what? We know that this 800,000 votes, we're just going to throw them out. Are we going to redo the whole election in Arizona? Let's be real. Carrie Lake lost. She lost with a kid. It doesn't matter about the printing and blah, blah. It does she matter. She lost. There is such a thing in this country as election integrity, Autry and Derek. <laughs> what the hell? I'm sitting here. Just my, let me ask you this, James. Who won the 2017 World Series? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Don't care. The Houston Some Astros. Sports, the Houston Astros. Now, what was exposed later on? That they had people with cameras and uh, monitors and garbage cans banging in the dugout so that people knew when an off-speed pitch was coming, when a curveball was coming, and they were able to tee up. They cheated. You know who's still listed as the winner of the 2017 World Series? The Houston Astros. Now, it's tainted, and everybody looks at it like the way they look at at, uh, Lance Armstrong's seven victories in the Tour de France. But they still have those World Series rings. It doesn't matter. Yes, was there a bunch of crap that went down in Arizona? Certainly. Was there a bunch of shady stuff that maybe wasn't corrupt but sure seems like it? Your spidey sense tingling? Yes. Was there a bunch of weird stuff that happened in 2020? Of course. But it's over and done with. You don't board up the bar and and deal with it and move on. And, and, and if, if you run a real election, then you want you win a real election by getting real votes, a substantial number of them, so you don't have to argue over a thousand folks. Carrie Lake lost the election. She I lost. thought Carrie Lake was a great candidate. She was. She was a great candidate. She was, she was she's the best of all the idiots that he put up. She was she's incredibly articulate. The, she the was woman is fearless. not an idiot. You people. She was. I didn't say she was an idiot, but my problem was that. You, it's all well and good to run against the establishment. The establishment like, sucks. Everybody will agree with that. But you know what you need the establishment for? A ground game. Get out the vote. Local captains. At yeah. some point, you do have to and sit policy. down at the table with the people you bitch about and go, we need to work together against their common enemy. And policy. to do that. If I was Carrie Lake, instead of walking around with, oh, you want to talk about election denial? Let me give you these pieces of papers of every Democrat election denial. What I would have done is I would have walked around and said, hey, instead of election denial, I want you to look at the number of poor people, the number of uneducated people, the number of people that are hurt and hurting in Arizona. Here is a list of them. That's why I'm running. That's what you do. But instead, you walked around with a paper talking about election denial. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdley, here surrounded by haters. Uh, we only hate because we love you. Yes. <laughs> Derek Hunter, who until today was the number one Trump hater on the program, now <laughs> surpassed by Audrey Pruitt of New Journey. I, I, I tip my hat to him. I, I give have, him the crown. I have on a MAGA hat right now. I'm not a Trump hater. I'm a loser yeah, hater. You can say you have on a MAGA hat right now when it doesn't count. I'm a loser hater. That's what I hate is losers. How many times Aren't you, you have tired to lose? of winning yet, James? Aren't you tired of all the winning? Yeah, yeah. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Sterling, here it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back. Your calls are welcome. We're going to join some of those in, too, right after this. Don't go away. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. <laughs> W-A-B-C, Talk Radio 77 in New York, Isaac Hayes, the one, the only. Isaac Hayes stacks record. This is one of the most famous soundtracks in movie history. (laughs) And it's so fitting, given the elections in Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and elsewhere in America, Shaft, which is exactly what we seem to get time after time. With us, Derek Hunter, columnist, author, talk radio host, syndicated, Archie Pruitt, businessman, Chairman, CEO of New Journey Pack. And you in Catskills, New York. Chris, welcome. You're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. You want to weigh in hey, on what morning, happened Bob. in Georgia. Good morning. Yeah, you know, I, I, I went I like to go out and see good live music at like uh small bars, dive bars. I saw just since you're talking about music to segue into politics, I saw a great band I've been they play once a month in New Paltz at Snug Harbor, and they do 80% covers, 20% original material. Their name is uh, Ramona Lane, and, oh, man, cool. they are good. If you guys ever want to have live bands in the studio, that would be an idea a little bit to play because I know you guys got a new studio. Hey, I, I, uh, I'm a policy wonk Democrat on the fiscally conservative side, and if I lived in Georgia, I would have voted for the libertarian candidate sort of out of protest because I don't think uh, Reverend Warnock and Herschel Walker are the types of people that I want to see in office. And I don't think either one of them was good candidates with good platforms. And then I would have stayed home in the special election. Now, Steve Kernacki on MSNBC, who's great at deconstructing and breaking down the elections in live time, he showed there was one particular county in Georgia that had a very high concentration of highly educated Republican candidates. And in that county, you mean was, voters? I believe, it, yeah, there was it was one point two percent higher of a vote that the libertarian candidate got. So he theorized that a lot of those highly educated Republican voters voted for the libertarian candidate. It was the difference was like two point one percent to three point four percent. OK, and uh, I I'm theorizing that a lot of those highly educated Republican voters stayed home. Because old people that'd be principled, you know, policy wonk type, highly educated Republicans mm-hmm. that are voting for candidates that have good platforms, and uh, you know, and, and then we look, 
at these candidates running for office. I say it on the Dominic Carter's program. They're almost all of them are awful. I don't. I can't think of any candidates where I'm like, wow, this person has a real great platform. They're, they're using a problem-solving deconstruction approach. Like, what are the problems in government? What are the problems in society? What can we do to mitigate and try and solve these problems? Government's not going to fully solve all problems. Many of the large problems, you're only going to mitigate them. That doesn't mean you throw in the towel and you don't try. And with Kirsten Cinema, um, you know, I'll say this about her. her. She and State Senator James Scoofus out of Orange County, who just barely won his election because he got the Curious Joel endorsement and he ended up winning by like 1,100 votes. He wins districts in his state assembly races and in his state Senate district that were plus 14 Trump, plus 15 Zeldin this race. And he won. He eked it out. But he is a policy wonk, like conservative Democrat. And he he encouraged cinema. First of all, I love your analysis and thank you for calling so much. We appreciate your comments. Why are you a Democrat? Well, okay. So let me just finish that one point. Scoofus, James Scoofus, <laughs> state senator, and Kirsten Cinema are two of the best debaters I've ever witnessed. Now, with, with to answer your question, uh, you know, you have to pick one party or the other. And when I decided I was going to run for office, and prior to that I was unenrolled, and I chose my parents were actually both very liberal Republicans. They were Rockefeller Republicans. And then I might switch my mother, but my mother hated, hated Trump and she's more liberal than me on certain issues. Um, overall loved MSNBC. But I looked at, I looked at the democratic party as a party of intellectuality and problem solving. And now I'm looking at it like none of these parties have candidates that are intellectually strong. You know, maybe it's like a Pareto distribution. You got 20% of the candidates that have intellectuality and 80% that don't. But if you look at how dirty the business of politics has become, that's why people don't want to run anymore. I could tell you stories of stuff that happened to me maybe off the air, and it would make your hair stand up on end. You know? yeah. And I had, I had, I had, I had uh, militant progressives and socialists gang up on me after I won the Republican line through a write-in campaign when I was getting reelected. Because it put a scarlet R on me. They, they were like, oh, this guy's not, you know, the type of Democrat that we are. And, well, Chris, uh, look, I got to so cut it short here because we got some other people we got to get to. But I appreciate the call. I am so happy you're in the audience and you bring us good analysis. And I look forward to hearing from you again. Let's quickly go to Clarence and then we'll return to our discussion with the haters. Uh, Clarence and Queens, welcome. How are you this morning? Yeah, how are you doing? Herschel Walker stood for lower taxes. <sighs> Crime reduction. It was um, the border. I had, I had, I had. Okay, so Clarence, you're answering Derek Hunter's. Turn off the radio in the background, Derek. Um, here is a guy who answered your question. What did Her- Herschel Walker stand for? Lower taxes and crime reduction. A, Mr. Hunter. Okay, um, I, I, I am an avid watcher of news, as are you. Did you ever see him make that case? Uh, Autry, what do you have to say about uh, this? This is what I have to say. I think something on your website it's, it's, does not mean that you're sitting there campaigning on it. Just saying. It, 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 uh, I'm a generic Republican. And I stand for lower taxes and crime reduction. Ooh, that's so much. Come on, dude. Who, who's this caller? Hersh- I look, don't attack. Hey, hey, hey. You, 
Keep your hate to the politicians. Don't be attacking you my callers, bro. Don't attack no, my no, callers, bro. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. You could call. You could call any any generic Republican candidate. You could say, guess what? Any generic Republican candidate as wants lower taxes and crime reduction. That doesn't mean that's what they can stand for or articulate. So that is too generic of an argument to make. What does Ralph Warnock stand for? Oh, Ralph Warnock, actually, I, I can articulate something that Ralph Warnock used to talk about. Okay, go ahead. He used to talk about how he actually stood for the change in federal policy regarding minimum wage. He went into great, great detail about it, great detail, and he goes into great detail about universal health care. I've heard him speak about it. He, he, he is, ext- I mean, and, and it's not being surprised, right? He's a pastor. It's not surprising that he can articulate an argument. So well, he couldn't articulate his arguments very well when they had that debate. He couldn't get you a first down, though. No, I'm, I, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, so, okay, let's talk going forward now. By the way, we let me bring in a totally different topic that we have not talked about yet. <clears throat> no, I'm, that's we got this. And and if you want to call folks on this whole Georgia thing or or the elections or any of it, cool, Autry. I want to find out later on. How do you move black votes? Because uh, I don't think the Republican Party really wants to, and I don't think they care, frankly. But um, but I want to talk for a minute about this Griner deal. I saw I saw a Russian TV panel. They were laughing themselves silly. I mean, they were hysterical. There was the the the, the woman moderator says, oh, "The Ruski said, well." He had three problems. No, he, she said, he, he had two problems. No, he had three problems. His first problem was that he was white. The second problem that he had was that he was a, a, a man. He was a man. And the third problem he had is that he was heterosexual. American leave their heroes that support their fatherland, and they don't care about that, but they want to get a basketball player who's hooked on hash, who can't leave home without her hash. Wait a um, second. Are you telling me that people in Russian television speak like they're from sub-Saharan Africa? Well, kind of. I get my accent screwed up. I'm not great <laughs> at it. Screw you. No, I, I tell you, it's it, since we're on in New York, it's the worst trade since Babe Ruth for No-No Nanette. It is just unbelievable. Look, Brittany Brittany Griner is an American. She deserves all the rights that Americans do. The government should work just as hard for her as as anybody else. It shouldn't matter which boxes she checked on the left. But it is – this one problem is she actually did the crime, all right? She tried to bring in THC-laced vape juice into Russia. Think what you will of the nine and a half year sentence. I think it's garbage, but and I think it was only prosecuted and thrown at her because she was a high profile ish American. But she did do the crime, so there's that. Uh, Mr. Whalen did not do the crime, and they're just using him. So uh, that's a problem. And you I, look if if Alex Jones got arrested in China for whatever for trumped up charges. I would hope that a government would would move heaven and earth to get him home too. They wouldn't because they don't like his politics. 
Brittany Griner checks boxes. She's going to help fundraising. I'm going to go out on a limb here, something I said this week mm-hmm. on my podcast. I, if I had money to burn, I would bet a thousand bucks on Brittany Griner showing up at the Army Navy game with Joe Biden today. What? That would be my guess. Was it is it a uh, binary a PR... choice, Derek. Was no, it a look, binary a choice between? Was... No, a president with content in his underpants in the front rather than in the back, being meaning some testicles rather than some fear manifesting itself and, in last night's dinner. And two, does and doing the cry mean do different. you so 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 we you you have an American soldier, let's just say, caught in another country that's a spy. That's a crime. So your argument is your argument he's is he's not a I, spy. I'm not I'm I'm not first of all, we don't know that. We do not know that. You and I don't have security clearance enough to know that. So, so then you give Russia you, the benefit. Of I'm going to ask you this. No, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, your argument is, well, you do the crime. So guess what? If you have someone who has committed a crime in another country, in all cases, do we just let them sit there and rot? My problem is, is it seems like yeah, everybody, we should. A as lot soon of times, as the tall should. black woman, as soon as the tall black woman is the one who's freed, oh, here we go. Then now, oh, conservatives got a problem. Did she break the law? Yes, but my argument is this. Americans so caught so overseas no, all no, the no, time no, no. and they really break the law. I don't give a damn about Americans. Look, Americans grabbed overseas because they're Americans, first of all, don't vacation anywhere where kidnapping for ransom or government trade is a growth industry. Don't go there. Secondly, if you go to Thailand to mule hash, guess what's going to happen? You're going to spend time in jail. Should we go to war with Thailand? Let, let me ask you this question. No. If a CIA you operative, have, if a CIA operative is caught in a no, foreign country. Say, I'm not going to stop talking. You have, you have a law in California. Oh, great. You can smoke weed all you want. That doesn't travel with you. Your First Amendment right doesn't travel with you any more than your Second Amendment right does. You are subject to the laws of the country you're going to. What, did she do it maliciously? Was she going to become corner of the market in THC-laced vape juice? No, she wasn't. She did something stupid. But that ignorance of the law or being stupid and making a bad choice does not exempt you from the law. I think nine and a half years was garbage and was done because she was an American of some profile. But if you say she's going to do the next year in prison because she violated Russian law, I'd say, well, Next time, she better not do that. Uh, it's not an outrage. The outrage was not that she was arrested. The outrage was that she was given nine and a half years. She did the crime. You don't get to say, but in California, I could smoke all the weed I want. Well, you don't get a, a 10-square-foot radius around you everywhere you go that's California. Be smarter than that. My argument is real simple. If you were a CIA operative caught in a foreign country, and you were executed under your theory, that's okay, because you violated the laws of that country. Secondly, you are American. The way I look at it personally, the way I look at it personally, the way I look at it personally, Derek, is you are an American everywhere you go. And I'm sorry, Mr. Foreign Country, we are not allowing you to arrest. We're not allowing you to arrest. We're not allowing you to arrest our citizens and throw them in jail. Right? That's bull. Con- conservative, that is conservative bull. Dumbest things I've ever heard. Con- conservative, that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Cons- I'm an American, all right? People. I'm going to go to China and bitch about cap communism, we and I'm going to tell Xi Jinping how big of a monster he is. Like, see how that works out for you.
right. I'm not saying w- they won't do it. I'm just saying, hey. WABC Talk Radio 77. Uh, <laughs> uh, your calls are welcome, 800-848-WABC. Derek Hunter is here. Uh, Archie Pruitt is here. And this is a lively discussion, which we will rejoin shortly. Stay right where you are. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Celebrating the music of Stax, the Memphis Sound, on WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, it is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We are here in the Christmas season. Goodwill, peace, herding cats. Let's head back to the telephones very quickly. Mike and Lyndon, welcome. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Bo? Uh, two quick things. Uh, one, one on uh, Herschel Walker. I heard uh, one of your guys say that he didn't articulate his points well, but then he gave Fetterman a complete pass for having a stroke, even though he can't articulate his points well. That was James who did that. It wasn't one yeah, of that, us. That, that was yeah. that wasn't uh, me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but but one on the Brittany Griner thing. I I think that's part of the reason people uh, don't like Americans. You you can't lock up Americans in other countries for disrespecting their laws. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's ridiculous. It's insane. It is. Like, okay. Well, well, no, what, now, wait, wait, wait one second. If if you if you use that logic and say, well, we're Americans, wherever we go, and our rights go with us. Okay, then then somebody from Dubai is a Dubai, whatever they are, wherever they go, and they can throw gay people off roofs in New York. If they want to, look, it's the law over there. Iranians can come over here and commit female genital mutilation if, if uh, one of their daughters speaks. It's stupid. You are subject to the country you are in, the laws of it. You do not go over to China and go, hey, Xi Jinping, kiss my ass. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, saying real, I'm saying real simply, Derek, I'm saying real simply, if I'm president of the country and I'm a world superpower, I'm the world superpower, gets what I'm saying. It's like old Rome. I don't care what my American does. If you put them in one of your trapped-up, trumped-up jails, this isn't France, this isn't England, this is Russia, and guess what? I don't give a crap what your law is. You send my American home or there will be hell to pay. That's the kind of person that I am. Jeez, you're going to make Bill Crystal get sexually aroused with that war talk, but uh, <laughs> real people would never vote for you. Real people would never vote for me? No, you, don't, you don't think, you don't think the same people that said, oh, build a wall in Mexico, pay for it, would vote for me? No. Oh, okay. I don't want to go to war with everybody because some college I didn't say everybody. I didn't say everybody. It's not some college Gentlemen, student. gentlemen. See, this is the problem. Derek has, no, this has a racial tinge to it. It is disgusting. Oh, no. She is. She is me. No, 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 no. You, no, no. you spare me. You spare me. You sat on this show and called me an idiot, so your racist behind can spare me. She is an Olympic gold winning medalist. She is a WNBA. No, 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 no. I sat still while you spewed your garbage so you can listen to me. Okay, guys, I said, guys, guys, hello. Use your garbage. Hello, we can't. That's the thing about being a Olympic gold medal winner. Hello. Oh, by the way, did Marie you want it? Wasn't yeah, he kicked out for stealing or something? Wasn't he dis- so dishonorably like, discharged for stealing? Get to dictate policy because I'm, he's won like a dozen gold medals. Well, we 
Yeah, make I, a move on this issue until we hear from somebody who's uh, from Mark Spitz because he's got. I, I, God, God help you if your Derek Hunter's in charge. I'd God like to you. take. I'd like to take another call, gentlemen. Ina <laughs> from Manhattan. How are you, Ina? Welcome. I'm good, Bob. Thank you for taking my call. You You're are welcome, the best. my darling. Thank you. Yes, but what I'm saying, I don't know what the Democratic people want. Because do they have an eyeball or do they have brains? Don't they see what the country is going to, going to? If they have to come to Manhattan, where I live, and see what what's the difference with with Trump and and Biden, with the border and every everything, every other things. You know, he's saying that Herschel Walker um, didn't didn't articulate and and um. And, and the doctor, Dr. Az. I've been watching Dr. Az from, from way back when. And they were the best candidate, also the young lady from Arizona. This, this man has a stroke. And I know of stroke patients. He, he cannot come back. Right. One part of his brain is dead. How is he going to run a country? When you come to Manhattan, everywhere is 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 closed down. People are running away. The street is dirty because of the mayor that they pick over Curtis. Curtis, I know Curtis from Curtis was 18 years old, and he know and Julie and he was behind Curtis. Andrew Giuliani was behind Curtis. All the good people. Trump was behind Curtis. They would fix Manhattan. They would they would it this wouldn't be going down. Ina, darling, we're running out of time, so let me just jump in here and say this. You're absolutely right about the choices that New York has made, and we're seeing the consequences of it now. Elections do have consequences. You're absolutely right about that. Now, as for Herschel Walker, I want to just just tie the loop with this. Uh, Well, let me just tie the loop in general. Candidates are responsible for their campaign when it really boils down to it, at least in my view. Mm-hmm. And what happened in Georgia to me was almost predictable. And I will just leave it at that because we are running out of time. Gentlemen, I'd like to extend, uh, uh, let's you guys stay for another segment. I can't. James, you can't. I you got to run. Okay, Derek, well, I appreciate that. I, we will catch you next week, Derek. I appreciate it. I love you, Derek. I can't wait for us to sit down and actually enjoy a drink together at the World Cup. I'm down. I'm down, Audrey, and let's uh, let's go England. All right. I got to go. Ron, you call him, Derek. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, is here. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hour one done. Our duo coming up. Remember, Kevin Perez coming up later today with the sports, our crooked competitors. Princess Di is coming up. Your calls are coming up. 800-848-WABC. Carrie Lake is coming up. The interview with Carrie Lake. And your calls. Again, your calls at 800-848-WABC. James Golden Snurdy is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Back in a moment. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Our number duo underway, James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdly here with you, WABC. 
what are uh, 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 I don't even know how to characterize it. Discussion with our good friend Derek Hunter and our good friend Audrey Pruitt. The Georgia elections, the Griner situation, which is still ongoing, and Carrie Lake. You know, I had, um, and and I'm going to read something I got on a text from Nursey Nurse. Um, and she says she caught the the uh, tail end of Derek and Autry, election denier, loser. And here's an analogy. Let's say you have a medical team performing surgery. The patient dies on the table due to errors. Now they have to inform the family about the loss. The team, the medical team goes out and says, well, we don't know what happened. He just died. So suck it up. Too bad. Now, do family members have the right to investigate the cause of death, including the actions, the inactions of the surgical team, or do they just have to accept the loss? Does the surgical team in the facility have the responsibility to investigate the actions or inactions of the team and make corrections? Does the surgical team have some sort of responsibility toward the patient's family? Should the surgical team be held accountable and receive the legal punishment? That's like the Arizona and U.S. elections. There is a responsibility to the American people to investigate the elections when there is the possibility of corruption, correct the errors, and persecute, prosecute the perpetrators, and if the law allows, to overturn the results. You want my response to that? I would love your response to that, Autry. (laughs) Response is real simple. The patient was 95 years old, was a quadriplegic, was no, a smoker. No, 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 Guess be... what? No, 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 no. no. You no. want to go with the analogy. It's not flippant. You want to go with the analogy. I'm going with the analogy. The, the patient is 35 years old incumbents and took a COVID vaccination. 98% of the time. Incumbents win 98% of the time. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to win against an incumbent. It really is. They win 98 Percent of the time. That's why the analogy doesn't hold. The analogy holds because what she is, uh, what this analogy is talking about, is the principle of integrity, which seems to be lost on everybody. That we don't run some third world banana republic type elections. We are not Iran. We are not Iraq. Where Saddam Hussein can get ninety-five percent of the vote. We actually had, at one time in America, the most Americans would agree that they wanted to have fair and honest elections. And now all that's gone by the wayside because you people in the Republican Party are too scared to stand up to Democrats when they openly do things that are questionable. I'm not scared to stand up to Democrats, but I'm going to say this. I would agree with you if it wasn't for the fact that in every single other of these elections, you had loser after loser after loser. It's not like Carrie Lake was the only person who lost. I argue this. Even if everything was perfect, I actually think Carrie Lake probably would have lost by even a greater amount than what she did. What was the amount that you claimed she lost by? 
I don't know what she lost by, what is a quarter of a percent? Autry, right now, the difference between Kerry Lake and and Katie Hobbs is 0.6%. Six-tenths of a freaking vote. And you're sitting here telling me that the things that happen there don't matter. I'm not saying that they don't matter. I'm saying that instead of going about trying to win elections and figuring out why someone like Carrie Lake is running in the first place, when you know it's she was be a great close, candidate, when you know it's going to be close, if you want to maximize your opportunity as a politician, you run someone that has run before. You do it. That's what Audrey, you do. Everybody has to start. Yeah, but you don't start with the governorship. You actually start with the mayor, or you start with the school Why board, not? and you work. You didn't mind when Hillary Clinton, you didn't say that to Hillary Clinton, when all of a sudden she pops up after being first lady and runs for the Senate. Uh, I, wait, what are you saying? I didn't say it. What do you mean I didn't say it when Hillary Clinton pops up and runs for Senate? What do you mean? I wasn't on the radio. I didn't have a platform. I'm just saying, you know, all this <laughs> stuff, all this crap. The, it's true, though. The best chances Diego. of winning are working your way up. Let's listen to Carrie Lake's interview right now. Let's play Carrie Lake. Why not a little Frank Sinatra bringing us back on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. And speaking of the apple of my eyes, sunshine of my life, here is a lady who brings nothing but sunshine. Carrie Lake. Oh, my gosh. That was a great intro. <laughs> the Carrie Lake. Intro. You are, Carrie, let me thank you for something first. Um, Twitter had me shadow banned for so long. I would never see half the messages that people had sent to me. So when I reached out to you to see whether you could do the show, all of a sudden a message popped up from you, and the message was, at the time that Rush Limbaugh passed. And you hadn't even, I don't even know whether you had even thought about running for governor then, but it was so beautiful, so heartfelt, sending your love and your condolences and your deep respect for Rush that it brought tears to my eyes then. I didn't see it at the time, but it's still so, it means so much to me now, and I just want to thank you so much. And I'm sorry it was blocked, I didn't know, but thank you, Carrie. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, you know, it was all heartfelt, and, and I, I felt every word I said. And at the time, no, I had no idea I would run for governor. Um, I walked away from my job, for your viewers and listeners who um, don't know this, I walked away from my long career as a journalist in, in television news during COVID because I was uh, I had the realization that my profession had just become propaganda, and I didn't want to I didn't want to loan my voice and my heart and my, my soul to it any longer. And I walked away from my big paycheck, which was massive at the time because I'd been number one for more than two decades here at the Fox affiliate. And I just threw my life into God's hands and said, guide me, take me where you want me to go. And I figured I'd be doing something behind the scenes, but an amazing thing happened. The people of Arizona reached out to me after I walked away from my career and said, please run for governor, we need people that know us, that trust, that we trust, that understand Arizona. And so I, uh, I, you know, prayed a lot to God and, and jumped into the governor's race. Never been in politics before, other than covering it for nearly 30 years. And we have, we just kind of set the state on fire with excitement. People had a uh, 
vision again for what we could do to Arizona and for Arizona. And we had a movement. And it all came to a screeching halt on November 8th when our election was run like a banana republic by the people who were trying so hard to stop our movement, our America First movement. And so now I find myself in the middle of of an epic battle, and we are fighting back against the people running our elections here. They're just completely corrupt, and this is our moment to stand up and say we demand our voice at the ballot box. And so that's, that's where God has led me now. Well, this is a noble fight that you're in. Let me tell you, you already know what you're up against. But here's, as you, I go through probably, I don't know how many hundreds of news stories, if not thousands in a week. Um, And one of the things that I've noticed, whenever the topic of Maricopa County or some of the elections come up, you see two words, election disinformation. You see in in the press stories, election deniers. I've had Republicans tell me, that you need to quit. You need to stop what you're doing because all you're doing is is furthering this this disinformation that something's wrong with the elections. And when I look at what happened in Arizona, when I looked at what happened in Maricopa County, how could you not be upset with it? I've never seen a circumstance, and you correct me if I'm wrong, if this is normal, I've never seen a circumstance where the chairman, the county chairman, and the person, the Stephen Richer, who were running the election, formed a pack to pretty much get rid of you and candidates like you, and they're in charge of the election. How is that not a conflict of interest? How is that does how does that not present on the appearance the appearance of impropriety? Well, you and I, of, of good character and moral standing, would never do that if that were our job. We would we would do everything we could to appear and and be as neutral as possible because we're running the election, right? And right. this is not just a normal county, Bo. This is one of those mega huge counties. It's the second largest county when it comes to voter power and influence because it's 62% of Arizona. The population of Arizona resides in this county. So if you can uh, create shenanigans and cause trouble and rig an election in Maricopa County, you can control the whole state. And uh, the, the people, you're right, Stephen Richer, who oversees the election, and Bill Gates formed a super PAC, and they raised money with the sole purpose of stopping me. And, you know, they said it was to stop election deniers. But we looked at their expenditures, and all of their expenditures went to stopping one candidate, yours truly. It is a huge conflict of interest. I'm on the ballot. They should be neutral. They shouldn't be raising money and going out and campaigning against somebody on the ballot that they're in charge of. Not to mention my opponent, Katie Hobbs, is the Secretary of State, oversees the state elections. So she oversees the certification. And this election was run in such an obvious, blatant way to sabotage Election Day voting that other county officials were reluctant to certify their elections because of what happened in Maricopa County. And my opponent, Katie Hobbs, who's in charge of the state's elections, threatened them with jail time and arrest if they would not certify the elections that they had grave issues with. The conflict of interest goes so high and so deep And that is going to be part of our lawsuit, which we are filing tomorrow, contesting this election. You are filing the lawsuit tomorrow. Yes, we are. And and both, they knew that our movement um, was so massive. I mean, we drew crowds of hundreds and thousands every day, several times a day. It was much like 
what President Trump drew when he drew crowds. The people were with us. It, it wasn't just about me. It was about we the people returning our government to the people. And they knew that everybody was showing up on Election Day. It became kind of the 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 theory that all of the Kerry Lake supporters were showing up on Election Day. And they did. 72% of the vote on Election Day, in-person voting, were Republican. And on, on Election Day, 63% of our polling locations were inoperational or not functioning with one to two-hour lines on average, but lines as long as five hours. And nearly 90% of the poll workers on Election Day said they were not at all confident in the outcome of the election because of the way things were run on Election Day, where the tabulating machines went down, the printers were not working, they didn't have toner in the printers, so they couldn't print out ballots. And when people finally had a chance to vote, they couldn't get it to go into the tabulator machine. They were told to put it into a drawer three that they would take down to the county and count later. And We, we have that. We have that. Uh, Carrie, let us listen to the aforementioned Chairman Bill Gates and Stephen Richard, both of whom formed a political pact to defeat your candidacy, while at the same time being in charge of Maricopa County elections. This is when reports started coming in that the tabulators were out. This is what they said. Hello, Maricopa County. I'm Bill Gates, the chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. And I'm Stephen Richard, the Maricopa County Recorder. And we're here to give you an update on how things are going so far with the election. We've already had almost 44,000 people show up this morning, check in, and be available to vote. And things are going great out there. But there's one thing that we wanted to address to make people aware of today. And that has to do with our tabulators. We've got about 20% of the locations out there where there's an issue with the tabulator, where some of the ballots, that after people have voted them, they try and run them through the tabulator, and they're not going through. But the good thing is, is we do, first of all, we're trying to fix this problem as quickly as possible. And we also have a redundancy in place. If you can't put the ballot in the tabulator, then you can simply place it here in where you see the number three. And this is a secure box where those ballots will be kept for later this evening where we'll bring them in here to Central Count to tabulate them. Terry, admittedly, (laughs) 20% of... I hear them because they're so full of BS. (laughs) The good news is, the good news is, 20% of our machines are inoperable. That's the good news. Uh, And we're going to fix it. Just put your ballot here and just trust us. Is that the way that elections are supposed to be run in America? Absolutely not. And we had a big warning in 2020 when our elections were a debacle back then. I've been one of these so-called election deniers trying to uh, you know, raise the alarm bells on that so that we don't have a repeat of it. And it's not about me, Bo. It's about our children and our future. If we have elections that are run in such a way that we have no faith in them, then we lose our country. And so it's not about Democrat, Independent, Republican. I know there's Democrats out there who feel the elections are run terribly. But this goes beyond just accidental. You know, I believe in coincidence, but you can't tell me 63% of poll locations on election morning, mind you, we vote for a month here. So they were operational up until election day, and then boom, like an alarm clock went off on election day, everything just falls apart, breaks down, the machines don't work, the printers are offline, the toner doesn't work, 
You know, I just don't believe in that much coincidence at one time on one pivotal day. Whether it was maladministration, malice, I, I don't know, but my gut and my BS meter is going off on this one in a big way. Okay, so tomorrow is the day you file the lawsuit. You have not yes. conceded the, le- the election. And do you have what, – what does your gut tell you, Carrie? Like, does it tell you that you have a fighting chance here, or is the court just going to turn a deaf ear to these problems and just, oh, that's the way it goes? What does your gut tell you? Well, my, there are other people filing lawsuits. A, Abe Hamaday, who ran for AG, a very popular, hardworking fighter, is um, he files his lawsuit today. I'm not sure if he's filed it yet. Uh, we finally mine tomorrow. There are other lawsuits coming down the pike as well. That shows you how much concern of what happened in Arizona that not just I feel, but many, many people feel. And people have asked me, voters said, please fight this. If you don't stand up and fight, our voices will never be heard. I feel very confident, Bo, and I know that may make me sound naive considering how, um, you know, unfortunately our judicial system has not been equal as of late. But I think our case is going to be very good. And I think that we'll get a good judge somewhere along the way. And it may not be our first um, when we filed it immediately, but we will get a, a court date. And I feel incredibly positive that we will win this. So much wrongdoing happened that I don't believe every judge out there will turn a blind eye to it. And so I want the people of Arizona to know and the people of America to know we have to start this fight somewhere. We're starting it in Arizona. We can't have elections that are run the way they are. And it should be a red flag to every American the way these elected officials and the way our FBI and our government is trying to censor us when we speak out about elections. Ask yourself why. Why do we not have free speech and why we can't question the way our elections are run? I believe it's because there's widespread corruption across this country in our elections, and we need to stand up and speak out about it. Carrie Lake, thank you for standing up. Thank you for being unafraid to speak despite this massive campaign by the media to denigrate and demonize people who do speak out. We hope to have you back in the very near future, and we are going to continue to follow this. Carrie Lake, you are an amazing human being. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure. And, ladies and gentlemen, we have to go to a Come back. We are going to take your calls. Walter Pruitt is still here with us. He stuck around. Derek Hunter, thank you so much for the time, as always, Derek. Uh, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. Yeah, we're supposed to all just shut up and just because, you know, she's not an incumbent, you know, so so therefore just ignore her. And the machines don't work. Oh, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Machines are not supposed to work on Election Day. So all you people just shut up about it. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, will be back right after this. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Yeah, I know we said Stax music, but this is Motown, and I'm playing this one for a reason. <laughs> Junior Walker and the All-Stars bring us back. Here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember tonight, Cousin Brucey, Music Radio WABC. Remember over the weekend also, Dina Martin. Junior Walker. 
That's a good question. What does it take? It would take election machines that work, maybe. Maybe have a little bit of toner in the printers to print ballots. But none of that matters, you know. You're not an incumbent. So just shut up and just stop complaining and stop whining because you never should have run anyway. You're not an incumbent. And only incumbents win elections. Right, Autry? No. Only individuals who Wait a minute, Autry. Before. Who's this playing? Oh, that's my family. Folks, this is Autry Pruitt's grandfather. Yes, so keep it playing. The longer you play it, cha-ching, cha-ching, keep it going. Cha-ching, I love it. I love it. This is why I really come out here, folks, so you can play the music and I can make sure I keep my... Nice yeah. American corporate well, how, money What are you trying in? to do? Get me in for like some, some payola thing, man? For goodness sakes, Archie. I play it because it's your family history. I know, I know. We've long sold those rights, so it doesn't even happen that way. We've long sold those rights. It's gone. I love it. Okay. Well, uh, let's get back to this because we have some calls and we want to take some of these calls. But your to me, your stance on this is almost unbelievable, Archie. Let's look at the statistics. Only incumbents win. So, therefore, if you're a good candidate, and Carrie Lake was a great candidate, is a great candidate, but so she's a first-timer. Well, don't run if it's your first time. Just let the incumbent have it. Look, this Katie Hobbs didn't even bother to debate in the primary. She didn't bother to debate in the – it's almost as if she knew the whole time that she was going to win. I don't have to debate. That actually should tell you something. If she refused to debate and still made it this close, that should tell you about the lack of experience that Kelly Lake and her, her team name would is have. Carrie. Carrie Lake, I'm sorry, and her team would have. That should tell you something. T- it tells me she has total disregard for the voters of her state. Even you had even the lamestream media was asked was was up kind of up in arms the fact that she wouldn't even bother to debate. But no, she's not an incumbent. And she wasn't an incumbent, by the way, to the governorship. It was her first time running for that office, too. It, was her, it wasn't her first time running for a statewide election. It wasn't her first time running for office. That's the point. The point is not just incumbency. It's that you need to have experience running elections. And what we do, I'm not saying Kelly, Carrie Lake is not, she is not wrong that there are issues. The problem is this. Every single Republican vote, not every single, many Republican voters are using this as an excuse and not look, we use an excuse for Herschel Walker, we use an excuse for Donald Trump, we use an excuse for Carrie Lake, we use an excuse with Black Ma- Blake Masters, we use an excuse with Dr. Oz, we use an excuse with uh, Tudor out of Michigan. we got to stop using this as an excuse. The bottom line is you have to run people who have run before. Doug Ducey should have been the one running in Blake Masters' seat out there because he had proven history and track record. Why would you run people who don't have experience running. That's the issue. The voters get to choose who runs in their primaries. And so you're saying that the voters in Arizona are wrong. You know better than the voters. The primary... <laughs> Let's... I know the primary better than primary voters in uh, Georgia when it came to Herschel Walker, Ooh. when Arizona, 
Michigan, call the roll. Look, look at the result of the election nationwide. I love Donald Trump. I love American first. But what's happening is the Republican primary voters are putting up individuals who are not palatable. You sound like Mitch McConnell, don't you? They're not palatable. You sound like Mitch McConnell. Yes, and Mitch McConnell has been successful running in the Senate for decades. There's a reason. James Golden, a.k.a. Bosnerdly, Marie in Seaford, New York. Welcome. You're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Uh, good morning, Bo. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Um, quite frankly, I'm not sure where you get your guests from. They, they sound like they come from Russia or some communist country. I mean, our country was based on freedom, and everyone has a right to vote. Now, what happened in Arizona? Um, I'm glad Harry Lake is going to investigate this, because if the integrity of our vote is lost, then this country is gone. We will never get her back. Amen. And if you have to be an incumbent to win, I mean, that's ridiculous. Your guests are foolish. And then we well, have- I'm not. Now, let, let me just say that they're not foolish. This is a point of view. And Autry Pruitt, one of the reasons that um, I have so much confidence in him is because, um, again, Autry Pruitt is the CEO of New Journey PAC, a PAC that I found. He's a great executive, number one. He knows politics up the yin-yang, number two. We have disagreements, as many people have disagreements. But he's not a foolish guy, and this is a point of view that needs. Look, this is the we are having, you and I, Marie, and Autry and Derek, we are having the necessary political discussion to move the ideology of conservatism forward and to win elections. We cannot afford, and and look, you and I, Maurice, think very much alike on this. I don't want to know about this business about you have to be an incumbent. I don't want to know this business about, you know, you have to have run before you can put together a good campaign. You can put together a great campaign if you articulate to the American people what it is that you are running. Now, at the same time, let's acknowledge something. It does help to have experience in the field that you are. Politics is a business. Rush used to say this all the time. Politics is a business. The mother's milk of politics is money. You have to know how to raise money. That's number one. Look at what I look at Ronald Reagan's. Korea. Ronald Reagan did an effective job as governor before he advanced to president. And we used to see this in politics all the time. We used to see a progression where people would come in, they'd either start as a congressman, they'd run uh, uh, and then moved up to the Senate like John Kennedy did. John F. Kennedy then moved from there to the presidency. That happens rarely, by the way, in American politics where you actually have a successful senator to move to president. Obama did it. But it's something that happens rarely. It's kind of like in radio, what you radio used to be. You used to work in the smaller markets. You used to go get a job in, in Oopaloopa, dip, squat. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then after you did well in Oopaloopa, dip, squat, then you would move up to, let's say, Albany, New York, and then from there you'd come to the big time. But now you don't have to do all that. If someone likes what you do, they just put you on. And so things are changing. 
in, in any ways, but it's, it's, so this is a, a, a debate. It's an argument, a political debate and political argument. And go ahead. Orson. By the way, this is a reason why President Trump had the problems he had. Because what happened is he was catapulted out of the entertainment business sphere into the presidency. And because he did not have layers of experience working with the swamp and understanding how they thought, he was blindsided. He was taken way off guard. And then he had people around him who also didn't have the experience. It, I'm not saying Carrie isn't great. I think she's amazing. I'm not saying that Black Blake Masters is I think a lot of these people are amazing. Dr. Oz grew as a candidate. You look at when he first started to the end, amazing. But the bottom line is if you start to look at the real success, Trump was an exception, not the rule. If you look at the real success, Byron Donalds, Governor DeSantis, even Mike Pence, these individuals started lower and they worked their way up. And they learned and they had experience. And that way, they didn't have to fight over 10,000 votes because they won by two or 300,000 votes. So the 10,000 votes didn't, it was like, oh, it didn't, that's, we can't, if we continue down this path, we're going to, we're going to be forever the party that's fighting in a court about 10,000 votes. It's not going to work. We have to start winning decisively. And fighting over 10,000 votes isn't going to help us win in the future. It's not. Marie, I want to give you the last word because we have to go to a break. And thank you for your patience and listening to us, darling. Go ahead. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Well, we really have to get back to those voting machines. I really think that we should go to paper ballots. This way there's no discrepancy um, and there's no uh, electronic devices that could be used to, you know, change the votes. Um, and manipulate our elections. And um, I don't know. I just think the Republican Party really isn't fighting as hard as they could. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. We do not fight. I'm going to address that when we come back from the break, about the Republican Party not fighting as hard as they could. I'll be right there with you, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back right after this. Don't go away. Station built just for you. Entertaining talk, information, and New York opinions. Shut up! The world famous and American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Okay, what do you have here for us, Diego? This is Johnny Taylor. That's Johnny Taylor. If you don't know, Johnny Taylor's big head, who's making love to your old lady while you were out making love. As we celebrate the Memphis Sound on WABC. Disco lady. Now, what is he talking about? I wonder. It's got some implications, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was in our library. <laughs> so I played it. Okay. Good one, Diego. 
how's your Diego? How's your album doing? My album is doing really good. I got some. Um, I think I got a little over a thousand、uh, streams on it now. We got to do more than that. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Diego has a get 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 your get my favorite record out from your album, Diego. Diego, who is here with us every week, is also my friends, an accomplished musician and singer and performer, and he debuted his new song here, which I happen to L O V E love. It's called Warm Summer. And this is our very own Diego. That is me. Thank you. Warm summer on WABC Talk Radio seventy seven in New York. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Warm summer feels tremendous. Warm summer feels semi free. Your worries will never bother me. Warm summer, you're quite a sight. Warm summer, hope you agree. My presence I'll always guarantee. Can't you see? These people don't care for me. Oh yeah, the sales count. You never got us the sales count. He just said he's doing a thousand streams. What about the like iTunes? I don't. I don't get those numbers yet until three months after the release. Okay. So you can get this record, Diego. Where do people find you? People can find me on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get music, Amazon. Wherever you found、um, R. Kelly and、uh, Deezer, all the all the little ones. I think it's on even Snapchat. You can purchase、wow. it. I don't know, but、uh, my, it's my first and last name: D I E G O Diego A G O Y T I A is my last name. Agoitia. Diego, this is good stuff. I'm a student of music. My entire family. I come out of music from the church world and from the secular world. This is really good, bro. Oh, thank you so much. I don't、thank、know what you you're、so、doing、I、sitting、really、here with James's face. <laughs> Warm summer. Yeah, beautiful music, Diego. Holiday season, you can、uh, pick this up. You can also pick up "Rush on the Radio," my tribute to Rush. That book is available. And you know, Diego, you're not the only one with a new album. Did you know R. Kelly has a new album? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, R. Kelly somehow or another from behind bars released a new album. The title is "I Admit It." <laughs> They、no、got、way. word of it. Yes, way. No, you're serious. I'm serious.、Oh. And as soon as the people over at Apple and Spotify found out about it, they lifted it because it was in their stores too. Speaking about lifting,、uh, this guy that is the Department of Energy、um, official in charge of nuclear waste and waste and stuff, Sam Britton. There's been a second arrest warrant, a second warrant put out for him stealing somebody else's bag, and yet the Department of Energy refuses to fire him. He's still on leave.
If you don't know who this Sam Britton is, all I can say is a picture is worth 15,000 words. And you should just go check out the pictures. Um, Ben Carson's name has been erased from a from a Detroit school. The Ben Benjamin Carson High School, they changed it. They erased his name. Okay, why? And of course there are no complaints. That story today in AmericanWireNews.com. Ben Carson canceled the Benjamin Carson High School. No more. Okay. Let us, I said I was going to address this idea about Republicans not fighting hard enough. All right, folks, dig this. Everything that you thought about Twitter was true. Every single thing. They were tamping down conservative voices. There were even politicians now we are learning who were suppressed on the social, on one of the two biggest social media platforms in the world, Twitter. Republican incumbents who were not allowed to have free speech on the social media platform during elections. So this is election interference. Okay, that's number one. And what are Republicans sitting around doing? Oh, gee, that's too bad. Mm, we knew it. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if this were Democrats, right now it would be front page every single publication that they have. There would be an outcry demanding that the officials that did this be brought forth and that there be some accountability, whether it be the Federal Election Committee, I mean, Commission that they would be in calls for investigations, for prosecutions, for interfering in United States elections. Remember, these are the same people that lied to us for two years and had it splashed everywhere that Donald Trump and the Russians were colluding together on the basis of lies, and still we have no accountability for that at all. Now, let's talk about Democrats and first-time incumbents, and, and I mean incumbents. Does anybody remember the name Al Franken? Why, he had never run for Senate before. Why, he wasn't even in politics. But old Al Franken, comedian, Republican basher, hater, decides to run. And what happens? He's not an incumbent, but he he got really close in the election. And he got so close, what did the Democrats do? Why, they didn't stop. Magically. Out of nowhere, they found some ballots in the trunk of a car. And even though there was no real chain of custody on these ballots, guess what? It was enough to get him in office, and he won that race. And what do Republicans do? They sit on their haunches, and they look at this stuff happen. They say, oh, my goodness, can you believe he did that? Yes. And you don't have people saying, well, you know, Al Franken, he wasn't incumbent. He, he, he wasn't an incumbent. They should have never put him up there. No, they support their people and they fight for them. Instead, every time we have somebody who, I mean, Carrie Lake is this close. My fingers are very close together. And what do we sit down and do? Our side, oh, she shouldn't have run. She's not an incumbent. 
Oh, she needs to stop talking about the things that happened there. That's just the way elections are run. Grow a spine. Fight for our people, for goodness sakes. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. More of your calls right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on 77 WABC. Otis Redding brings us back. Sitting in the morning sun. I'll be sitting when the evening comes. Watching the ships roll in. And then I'll watch them roll away again. Yeah. I'm sitting on the dock of the bay. Watching the tide roll. Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. Today in history, 1967. We lost Otis Redding. This plane went down. Along with Otis, most of the band, the Barquets, were killed as well. The Barquets, Soul Finger. Barquets were almost kind of the house band, one of the house bands at Stax Records. The surviving members did not give up in the Barquets. That album we played, Shaft, Isaac Hayes. Most of that rhythm section is the the Barquets reconstructed on that album. But Otis Redding, my favorite Otis Redding album of all time is Otis Redding Live in Europe. Otis Redding was an amazing performer. Quick, Archie, Otis's big hit covered by someone else. Oh, and think of it. Respect. Respect. Yeah. One of his big hits covered by he did it, and it was a uh, it was a minor hit for Otis. But then, You have Rita? Now you hear this version, and you know you love Otis, you love this, but then, but then, Rita!
The music of Stacks. Thank you, Darren Broderson, for bringing to our attention Jim Stewart. His passing this week co-founded Stacks Records. Stacks Records, of course, brought us Otis Redding, Rufus, Booker T and the MGs, Sam and Dave, Isaac Hayes, so much of the Memphis sound. And we're celebrating that today on WABC. Uh, let us head back to the telephones. And then Archie had a few choice words for me. <laughs> John in Staten Island, welcome. Hey, Bo, I was just going to mention something really quick with the debate you just had. To the guy Gerard, if you listen to Gerard, Gerard, when President Trump was in office, all right, Paul Ryan in that group where you're talking about the uh, swamp, work with the swamp, well, Ryan destroyed Trump for not passing the health care and a whole bunch of other things. So him and McConnell, you could throw them in the garbage bag. Screw you, because you know what? You're not there to work with the swamp. We're there to work for the American people. Now, to my topic. Pardon me. So my topic is, uh, he just got me so riled up. <laughs> I got the you mean archery, not Gerard, archery. No, it was Gerard. Gerard was saying you have to work with the swamp. That, okay. uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, anyway, what about the grinder trade? I know the time's running out. Let me get you to your point. Oh, okay, Kirby, Kirby, that's what I want to talk about. Kirby said that, you know, we got a guy who who started wars in Africa to kill millions of uh, Africans with weapons. You know what? Kirby should be slapped in the face and retired, or anybody ever sees him slap him in the face. Because you know why? And this has nothing to do with anything. But you're a military man, and you said that he's going to get out anyway. He's a, I hate to say it, put him in the toilet bowl and flush him down. A waste Thank of you. a military. He's not even military. He's a hack. Okay, now, let me say a few things. We don't support violence in any form on this radio program, so we don't slap people around for having bad views. Secondly, and we are talking about John Kirby, and when Princess Di comes on, you know, Saturday, Princess Di tells us what's on her mind. Fridays, I kind of ask her about stories that are on my mind. On Saturdays, Princess Di talks about stories that are on her mind. Uh, Princess Di, digging into who this guy was that we just traded out for Brittany Griner, I'm telling you, it blew my mind yesterday, and it is upsetting beyond belief. As for working with the swamp, that was Autry, suggesting that, right, Autry, that was you. Yeah, the, the, the swamp, the Supreme Court you love, guess what brought that to you? The swamp, right? The border you like to control, guess who's going to bring that under control? The swamp. The facts are you agree, we agree with the swamp 80% of the time. So instead of having a circular firing squad, let's go ahead and pass 80% of the stuff, and then after we get the country straightened out, then we can argue over the 20%. While I'm on this topic, Al Franken, election, the, the, the court case was over about 250 votes. Kerry Lake's case is about 18,000 votes. That's the difference between the two, similar to the Bush-Gore situation. Right, where you have hundreds of votes, mm-hmm. not over ten thousand. Oh, votes. just give up if it's over two hundred and fifty votes. Let's but just what give James up. was up uh, up in arms about was because during the break I said I was surprised that his generation was the generation making excuses for everybody, because that generation is supposed to be the generation of responsibility. But oh, I guess we'll give, leave it to give, Generation X. Give me a break! You're the generation of the soft spine. 
Let's not fight them. Oh, oh, we're not, we're not an incumbent, so let's not run because we don't have a chance because <laughs> we don't believe in ourselves. Oh, you have to be an incumbent. Oh, they have 18,000 votes. Some experience. So let's forget about all the stuff that they're doing with to screw up our elections. Because, oh, no, no, we need a safe space. We can only run and come. Please give me a break, Autry. You people are the generation of no spine. And and it looks like your generation is a generation of losers. Look at Trump. He's lost every election but his Now own. you're calling and Trump a loser. Time, and the second time, he lost. What else is there? How many candidates? Think about this. Think about it. The data's there. I didn't make it up. Don't get upset with me. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. <laughs> WABC. We're going to take more of your calls, I promise, coming up in this next hour. And also, thankfully, the voice of sanity, Princess Di, will be here. Your Highness, please. Please, Your Highness. Get some of your subjects under control. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back right after this. Don't go away. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Yeah, on this day in history, Woodrow Wilson, the racist Democrat, was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. That'll go to show you what that thing is worth. In 1901, on this day, the first Peace Prize uh, was uh, awarded. Also, you know, we don't talk about poetry much on this program, but I love poetry, and Emily Dickinson, great American poetess, was born on this day. In 1864, General Sherman completed his march to the sea, marching through the Democrat South, the Democrat Party slavery South, burning the hell out of it on the way, something that a lot of uh, Southern Democrats have never gotten over. Uh, so, yes, we are in hour number three. Welcome. If you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC. I promised a lot more calls. We need to start taking them now because we have two things coming up. Princess Di is coming up to save us. Uh, Princess Di is coming up. And also, Kevin Perez is coming up with Crooked Competitors this hour. Along with your calls, Archie Pruitt is hanging out the whole show with me here, which is cool. Archie is the CEO of New Journey the political pack that I formed. He's an amazing administrator, an amazing guy that understands politics. But his real business, Archie, your real business was in real estate. That's where you got started. Well, who did your first deal in real estate? My first deal was did with the Trump Organization in New York City. And, yeah, now you're bashing Trump. I love Trump. Donald hater. Trump. I, would, I would do want to now say Now you've this. turned into a Trump James hater. James is amazing. You guys should know this. I've been on a lot of shows. I do a lot of media. And there's not... Many conservative hosts, I won't name any names, even the <clears throat> popular ones that come from the most popular networks, that will have someone that's articulate that can disagree with them for the entire show on. Not many conservative hosts can do it, and James can do it, and that's what puts him a step above the rest. Whatever they pay in you, they need to triple it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, now, <clears throat> let's go to the phones. People have been waiting in some cases, Christine has been here for three, two and a half hours. Christine, New Jersey, welcome 
How are you, my darling? Welcome this morning. Hey, good morning. It's Christine. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to talk for very long because we have almost a full house at Gemma's Country Kitchen. You have almost a full house yeah. at Gemma's Country Kitchen. Hello, everybody. How are you this morning at our hangout Where's in New that? Jersey? Yep, and I actually have um, I called to tell you that the people who come in that say they're from your show are just the sweetest people, and they keep saying, when are you going to get them in here? When are you going to get them in here? So Jen and I want to have both Nerdly Day, so I want to know if I message you um, on Facebook if you'll talk to us about coming in. Yes, I will, and I have a date in mind, but I don't know whether you guys will be open because I can give you a hint near holiday time, Um, but I'd love to stop in. So absolutely, I'll hit you back, and we'll find a day for both Nerdly Day at Jimmy's Country Kitchen. Thank you, that Chris. Would be so- where can and, it, it's and- almost a full house this morning? But where can people find you? Um, three three four Main Street in Ogdensburg, New Jersey. And, and- um, here she just said, "I go." And do you know what? I have to tell you something funny. We have um, Anthony Hopkins dined with us this morning. Anthony Hopkins, the actor, was in with you this morning. No, not the actor, but oh. our favorite customer, oh, Anthony okay. Hopkins. His name is actually Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I thought for a with. minute. I was like, Dad, you got Hannibal Lecter in this morning? I was, <laughs> but no. Okay, he thank goodness. One of the people who finished our full stack challenge and got what his is, name up on our board. What is the full stack challenge? It's four huge pancakes. If you can eat them all, you go up on our board. Well, there you go. Jimmy's Country Kitchen, thank you, Christine. Thank you for waiting. Thank you, my darling, for your continued support. And I love all the folks from this show that go visit them, have a great breakfast out in New Jersey. And we have people that far away that come in and stop there because they hear Christine and I'm on here. So cool. All right, let us go to Jerry in Charleston, South Carolina. Jerry, you've been waiting as well. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thanks, uh, Mrs. Snurley. I just wanted to remind you that Elvis Presley was at Stax as well, I think 1969. So if you could slip in a little Elvis, that'd be great. Diego, also, hold on one second. Uh, Elvis Presley yeah. was at Stax in 1969, you said? And I have it. Wow. So, hey, even the host didn't know that. I thought Elvis, I did not know Elvis was a Stax artist. At one That's point. That's right. He, that played is, there. I, he, he did a record there in 69. That is amazing. Well, thank you. Let's hear a little bit of Elvis right now. Let's go. I got something to tell you that I think you ought to know. That my eyes are on you, baby, since a long time ago. Now I finally got the nerve and I'm gonna make my move Now don't you try to turn me off cause it's gonna be hard to do I got a thing about you baby and nothing I can do I got a thing about you baby, a thing about loving you Something else you've been holding. So what's on your mind, Jerry? 
Yes, sir. How come nobody's calling out Joe Biden for feeding both sides of the war? Look at the weapons we're sending to Ukraine. Look at a weapon he just gave Putin. He just gave I mean, Putin a major we weapon. He gave. We're on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? And then you have people now that are saying, oh, oh, I hear racially tinged stuff with this trade. It's racially tinged. It's racially tinged to criticize this WNBA gal who, by the way, suggested that she stated that she would stay in the locker room for the national anthem. Now, in all fairness to Brittany Griner, she did say that she wasn't saying that out of hate for America. She said that she loves America. That is not being reported in some circles as they recount what she said about staying in the locker room during the national anthem. Of course, this was before uh, she got to stay in the Russian jail for a little while. (laughs) Go ahead, Jerry. I'm talking about Biden giving weapons to the Russians. I know. I know. I heard what you said, and you're absolutely. Biden giving weapons to the Russians and the Ukrainians. I got it. It's a great point, and I want to hold that point till we talk to Princess of Policy about this weapons, this arms dealer that we just gave back to Russia in a lopsided, uneven trade that the Russians are mocking us for and laughing at us about. Oh, but it's racially changed. Uh, Christine in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome. How are you, Christine? Hi, James. Uh, you know what Biden did? He just sent to us LGBT people that we go abroad. He made his ATM machines for these countries to be bargaining chips to send money or uh, do prisoner exchange for too. You know, it's an awful message. And and the Democrats too, they're too busy grooming these kids. This drag queen story hour stuff too, sir. Yeah, you know, I've had enough of this stuff. What they're doing. This is our friend, who is also trans, Christine. Christine, we love you. And this is an amazing point that you just brought up. You said Joe Biden just turned members of the LGBTQ community like you into ATM machines. Can you explain, Christine, what you mean by that? Well, if we go abroad, what if uh, we get picked up for some trumped-up charge overseas? They could throw us in jail, and now all of a sudden we're at a bargaining chip for the White House administration to work out for another bad trade like we saw with Brittany Griner. This yes, is a bad you, precedent that Biden did the other day about this. It's a bad precedent. Do you believe that the criticism of this trade is racially tinged, Christine? No. I think because they left the next Marine behind. That was a – and Corrine Jean-Pierre said – basically lie well it was either this or nothing when they had a choice too right now by the way nbc today has scrubbed that story and what thank you christine love you christine what christine is talking about initially there was a report from no less than andrea mitchell at ab at nbc and she said wait a minute well she didn't say wait a minute but she said that the russians offered the biden administration a choice you can have Wailing back, or you can have Brittany Griner, but you can't have both. And we picked Griner. Now, I want to go back and pray and play remarks from the press gal of the Biden administration. That would be 
the beloved Karine Jean-Pierre. And let us listen to Karine Jean-Pierre on the day that this trade was announced. On a personal note, Brittany is more than an athlete, more than an Olympian. She is an important role model and inspiration to millions of Americans, particularly the LGBTQI plus Americans and women of color. She should never have been detained (coughs) by Russia. And uh, we are, I am, deeply proud of the work that the president has done. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, Brittany Griner is an important person. Not like that Marine that we got back in there. Not like this man who served his country. This is what the Russians were laughing at. But she's important. Very important. And she has symbolic meaning. He doesn't. He's just your average run-of-the-mill Marine. But when you say that, of course you get people, oh, wow, this is all racially tinged. (laughs) It's racially tinged. He wasn't the average Marine. The average Marine doesn't get discharged for larceny. Oh, yeah. We forgot about that, right? We forgot about the fact. So now. Larceny, theft, what else was on his list? Smoking hash. So now let's bash the Marine. He was discharged. No, 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 but Let's we're, we're, acting, we're, we're, acting, we're acting as if this is the most high moral guy that's ever been a soldier in the United States. He was dishonorably discharged and convicted in a court of law in this country for stealing from his fellow Marines. You know what he did? He stole Social Security numbers of his fellow Marines. I thought he was an American and none of that mattered because you wouldn't stand said, for an American no, said, being in, locked up in I, Russia. I, I said, now the tune changes. No, no, no. That's not what I said. We can free anybody. And secondly, from what I understand, it was not a binary choice. The reason why NBC removed that report was because Russia actually said, listen, you get the basketball player or you get nobody. So now you're defending NBC News, too. Let's see. Autry, today. I'm defending truth. I'm defending truth. Autry decides that he's going to hate on Trump. He's going to hate on Carrie. Now he's going to hate on Americans (laughs) who... Find I'm this defending, trade this, I'm defending and now truth. he's going to defend NBC. I'm defending truth. I'm defending truth because I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry, Republicans. I'm sorry, conservatives. We, we can't get caught up in our Breitbart spun world. And now he's going to bash the dead Breitbart. You know, no, Breitbart's not dead. Breitbart's not dead at all. Andrew Breitbart have, is no longer with us. We have gotten caught up and spun up in this world of make-believe. How many elections do we have to lose before we come to reality? James Golden, a.k.a. Snow, we're coming back. More of your calls coming up. Princess Di, I thank God. Princess Di will join us shortly. WABC Talk Radio 77. Bo Snurley here with you on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Coming back right after this. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. I almost feel like we've been in a Netflix this movie this morning with all the hatred for our esteemed candidates like Carrie Lake, for this Trump bashing that's going on on this program. I've been reaching out in my mind for the voice of sanity, and now we will be rewarded. Thankfully, sanity and logic from Her Highness. Her Majesty, our very own Princess of Policy, 
the one, the only, first of her name, <laughs> Princess Diana. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Happy to hear your voice again, Sir James. Thank you, Your Majesty. Would you please, would you please... <laughs> Okay, I'll help you out. I think that, you know, what your discussion has been, which in my opinion has been pretty much conventional wisdom, I think a lot of the information has been partially true. However, I want to add some other information to give context from Georgia. Shall we look at Georgia's runoff election in 2020? You had a similar process where you had two candidates who were the incumbents who lost. And then you had the new people who had no political experience, who had their first race, who won. The, the, the parties were the opposite. You had John Ossoff, Ossoff, who was a journalist who beat Purdue, who was the incumbent Republican. Similarly, you had Warnock, who was a pastor, who beat the incumbent who had been appointed, Loeffler, Loeffler, Kelly Loeffler, who was Mitch, the incumbent. She had been appointed. She was Mitch's girl, and she lost. So all of the things that are being said to you by your friend are true, but they aren't the whole story. They aren't always true. There's much more complications here. And one of the things that I want to remind people of, this was a quote that Rush used to play in the late 90s, in the early 80s, in the early 2000s. You cannot find this anywhere, but I remember it word for word. This was Donna Brazile, who said, you get me close, you get me within 3% or 5%, and I can bring you home. She said it out loud. It was something That's that was right. not supposed to be said out loud. And it is the truth what Republicans have faced because Democrats have been doing this for generations. It was how they operate. You get you get you close. You have to be within the, the ratio of fraud. And then the Democrats do the fine ballots in the suitcase, fine ballots in the, you know, that have been suddenly appear in closets. This has been happening my whole life. And let me tell you something. There's a, a interesting poll from Gallup that they released right before this last election. And only 40 percent of Republicans are confident that the votes are accurately cast. You cannot sustain and a country, you cannot sustain election trust in this in this country when a whole political party, only 40 percent think that it's fair. That is the truth. You have to deal with that. You can't have people say, oh, get over it. Oh, look in the future, which is the entire establishment saying it. You have an actual problem. You have 85% of Democrats think it's great and it's fine because they're winning. You only have 40%, and this is Gallup. This is not some right-wing poll. This is a problem. And the Republican Party, as you have described, has done nothing. 
to solve this problem. In fact, there are a lot of us who think they're in on it, that this is part of the establishment political world. They're fine with it. So that is my response to the information that you said so far. I think there's other things to put into the mix. Diana, let me just echo and jump on you here. Uh, jump, jump on this here. In King County, Washington, we saw it, the Dino Rossiwis, whatever that was. In King County, Washington, I will never forget this as long as I live. In King County, Washington, the Democrats came up when the election was closed against uh, this Governor Grigori, the, the woman that was anointed governor there. The Democrats, when it was apparent that they were losing in King County, managed to produce more votes out of King County that encompasses Seattle, Washington, than there were voters. They actually walked into court with more votes than there were registered voters on the rolls. And the Democrat-appointed court in Seattle... And in Washington State said, oh, that's okay, not a problem, and yep. they accepted it. Yep. I can go all the way back to Cook County, Illinois, 1960. And Cook County, Illinois, for anybody that has not studied history, John F. Kennedy's election was won in Cook County at 2 o'clock in the morning following a call from John Kennedy Sr. because they needed enough votes in Illinois to make sure he could win elected. The only reason that Richard Nixon decided not to dispute that was election was because he said the Constitution had no provision for this and he did not want to put the nation through a constitutional crisis. This is the man that, by the way, is attacked all the time for not being yep. a statesman. You can go to time, if you look in the details of the Mondale election, you would see, look, you said it, all your life, all my life, Diana, this has happened. And so now we're being called losers. We are, did you hear us being called the generation of losers? Because we are the ones that have a freaking spine and actually say no more to this crap? (laughs) So if this is true... If this is if, true, if, the problem like we're the, lying. The, the the problem is this: the argument doesn't hold through, right? So you had uh, the Republican center that was uh, just won in um, what state is that? Um, Wisconsin, right? Won by less than a percentage point, so that didn't hold there. Republican won. California twenty second district. Republican won. So the problem is, you can say that. You can say, well, if you get me within three percentage points, but guess what happens? Republicans win close elections, too. So it's not it's not the case that every single close election goes to the Democrats. That's just not no the case. No one said that. No one said so, that. But to, but to, but to extrapolate me, from there. Excuse but me. To extrapolate, Hold on. Yes. You were talking to Her Majesty. You watch your tone, <laughs> bro. <laughs> To extrapolate from there, to extrapolate from there, extrapolate that all extrapolate. across the board, you going, can't do it. Look, don't be going, don't be going ebonic on me. Extrapolate. <laughs> you you can't do that because you can't Republicans. Are you saying that Democrats when, don't manipulate the vote? Okay, do Republicans <laughs> manipulate the vote? In the cases where Republicans Wait won, a minute. It and was the Democrats Obama, come out, it was Obama. <laughs> 
It was Obama, and I played this quote. Oh, Diego, if you could find this, you'd be a miracle worker. It was it was Obama who said, and, and, and I played this a few weeks ago, Obama admitted that both sides play games with it. Okay. Okay? But see, all of a sudden, if you complain and you're a Republican, then you're some kind of election denier no, 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 no. or That's you're a generation of losers and you need to shut up and just this is take what... it. Just bend over and take it because the Democrats no, are giving I'm it. I'm not saying bend over and take it. I'm saying bend yes, over and win are. an election. Win an election. Stop running candidates that run around with pieces of paper and all they talk about is list of people who've denied elections in the media. Start actually serving your constituency and run around with a piece of paper that shows what you are going to do for your election for your constituency that's what you need to do our candidates ran around carrie lake ran around with a piece of paper listing media instead of running around with a piece of paper that listed voters that's our fundamental problem that is so ridiculous that is not her (laughs) campaign that was one event that went viral and maybe that's the only one you saw but i watched her entirely for her campaign. She ran on the issues and she ran effectively. And it wasn't just running around with a piece of paper. She was right in their face. She had behind her supporters who were ordinary people who had been facing the attacks of the left on their economy, on their state, in every other way. Ordinary people who were fed up with the left's attack. These were issue-based campaigns that she ran for months. And for you to characterize it in this, you know, really caricature is unfair to her. I don't think so, because whenever, whenever she was just, we just paid a, a 15-minute interview of her, and she did not once in that interview, I recall, mention, by the way, this is the people of Arizona and what was hurting and while I'm running. I wasn't she, talking with her about that. I was interviewing her on the election. And if you're, and this, so this is the difference in experience. As an experienced political operative, I know Boy. it doesn't matter what the host is talking about. I drag the subject to what I want it to be about. That's standard political messaging. And what I'm saying is this. If I was advising Carrie Lake and she would have been running for office, I would have said, I don't care what cameras are on you. I don't care what they ask you. When they say something about election denial, you bring up one of these people and say, hey, you can talk about election denial, but guess what I'm talking about? I'm talking about this person who's overtaxed in our state, this person who's suffering because of bordering. That's what you do. That's a well, I'm glad that James didn't listen to you because that wasn't the news of the day, and he talked to her about the news of the day. So that was a very effective interview, and I'm glad he did it. Thank you, Your Majesty. Yes, it was so effective. <laughs> she's now governor. Oh, boy, this is what you have to put up. <laughs> I love Your you, Majesty, Princess Bride, by you? the way. I've loved you for years. I've loved you for years, just so you can know that. And uh, did you hear that Princess die? Oh, that he was talking to me? Oh, yes. that's so nice. <laughs> Thank you. I know very well who Wonderful. you are. Oh, Princess dear. Di, let well, me ask you, I... in the time that we have left, let's move away from the Carrie Lake and Trump The haters. haters. <laughs> and let's talk for a moment, please, because you blew my mind yesterday. And for those people that did not hear it, could you please recap this person? That, w- that the Joe Biden administration just handed back to Russia and what he did. Yeah, this is this is really upsetting. I, I wanted to say again, I started out yesterday by saying, welcome home to Brittany Griner. I am very glad she is back. I think that, you know, I agree with Audrey that 
you know, Americans need to come home, and that is a good thing. I also wanted to quote Elon Musk, who said on Twitter a very effective thing. He said, never leave a Marine behind, never. So those are my two comments on who was released and who was not. But the trade was for a guy named Viktor Anatolievich Bout. It looks like B-O-U-T, but in Russian, it's pronounced but. So Victor Butt is who is called the Merchant of Death, and he was arrested and convicted in 2011. He got 25 years. He was not due out until 2036, but because of the Biden trade, this is who we released. And I'm coming from a PBS Frontline from 2002 episode called Gun Runners. And this is where the information was captured by actual journalism from back then, which was being produced by a lot of media. They followed this guy. And it turns out that here's his record. He made possible massacres on a scale that stunned the world in African countries, Angola, Rwanda, Sierra Leone, the Congo, and Sudan. He gun ran weapons that killed millions of Africans in their civil wars. This guy took those big Soviet Antonovich aircraft, ran tons of arms and ammunition into these countries that were having disputes, and he made them into civil wars. This guy with his network, which was the biggest in the world, He supplied arms to these countries and ended up being horrible massacres that wouldn't have taken place. They would have been fights, but this guy allowed them to be massacres in Africa. And so that's why I think we should call him the merchant of black death, because he was responsible alone with his network of killing Africans in greater numbers than anyone else before him. And the blood that was on his hands, a lot of the money that he was given to run these arms was paid for by what's called blood diamonds, which are you know, brought out of the earth under horrible slave-like conditions. And a lot of people die getting these diamonds out and they are basically corrupt governments who then are further corrupted by this, these blood diamonds, and that's what he was paid in. So he trafficked not only in human lives, but in weaponry and, and wealth and money that ended up being to the detriment and the death of many Africans. And so that is why I said to you yesterday, don't ever talk to me again, Democrats, about gun control, because this guy was responsible for guns being proliferated all over the world, especially in the African continent. And don't ever claim to me that Black Lives Matter to Joe Biden, because the value of Black Lives were just traded away. Princess Di, on that note, thank you again. It is a chilling report, and thank you, Your Highness, for setting the record straight, as you always do. We look forward to hearing from you next week, Princess. Thank you, Sir James. Princess Di, ladies and gentlemen, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, we're coming back. More of your calls coming up right after this. 
James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, presents Crooked Competitors. From teammate to inmate. Uh, how'd you like being in jail? Athletes breaking the law. You know what, I was, lo- I was locked up. The Washington Commanders are fighting for more than just a playoff spot in 2022. They're also facing numerous complaints about the workplace and a final report from the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Oversight and Reform says that Dan Snyder, quote, permitted and participated, unquote, in the team's longtime toxic work culture and obstructed a 14-month congressional inquiry by dodging a subpoena, working to dissuade and intimidate witnesses from cooperating, and claiming more than a 100 times in testimony that he could not recall answers to basic questions. It was a 79-page report that was first released on Thursday, and the NFL is also involved in the hardship. Democratic Representative Carolyn Maloney chaired the committee and said, quote, the NFL knew about it and they took no responsibility, unquote. This report says that the NFL puts interests of the league's owners ahead of its employees, which fails to protect them or ensure that victims can speak up without fear or retaliation. Under oath, Dan Snyder, quote, admitted to using private investigators, unquote. But, of course, Snyder claimed to be unaware of whom his investigators approached and didn't remember having any conversation with his counsel about those who were being targeted. General Manager Bruce Allen was also forced to testify in the matter, and he recounted a conversation with a private investigator that Snyder had hired to follow him, saying that he also swore that Snyder once talked with him about hiring a private eye to follow NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. When it looked like the NFL was co Operating in full with the committee's request for documents, investigators say that the league actually, quote, refused to turn over, unquote, at least 40,000 documents collected by attorney Beth Wilkinson during the league's internal investigation. Democratic committee member Jackie Spire of California co-sponsored legislation in February titled, quote, No Tax Subsidiaries for Stadiums Act, unquote, that would eliminate tax breaks used by professional sports teams. Chairwoman Maloney introduced a bill to require employers to give prior notice and receive consent to take and distribute professional images of employees and to prohibit the use of non-disclosure and confidentiality agreements to prevent or interfere with an employee's ability to disclose harassment, discrimination, or retaliation in the workplace. Now, that future is uncertain because Spire is retiring and Maloney has just lost her primary race back in August with the Democrats losing the House majority in November. Republican James Comer of Kentucky has already indicated that the Republican Party has no interest in pursuing this investigation any further when he becomes the new chair of the Oversight Committee in January. I think I've had enough of the spotlight for one Saturday morning, Bo James, so we'll send them back to you to the extravaganza at hand with your Saturday morning Crooked Competitors Report. I'm Kevin Perez, 77 WABC Sports. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air, 77 WABC. And as I just read this morning, Dallas Cowboy owner Jerry Jones said this is all a political. We come back with Isaac Hayes. One of my favorite Isaac songs, and there are so many. Your heart can't disguise the
as we celebrate the music of Stax Records today. Let's head back to the telephones, shall we? Robert in Suffolk County, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, Archie Pruitt is here. How are you, Robert? One, two, okay, three. Thank, Good. Go ahead. Thank you, Go Mr. Ahead. Golden. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Golden. I have two points. Elections need to be audited because that process can parse out illegal ballots. Ones from dead people, ones from unregistered voters, ones from people who are not residents in the district. You know, it is amazing to me, Robert, that, again, uh, some people will call us losers because we actually care about the process of elections, that we actually want. Imagine that. How dare us demand that people have identification, for instance. Imagine that we want a a clean uh, custody of ballots, that we want it to be secure, that when we vote, it actually means, imagine, we want clean and fair election. And in America today, according to some of our politicals, that makes us a bunch of losers who are always looking for excuses. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it so much. Ralph in New Rochelle, how are you? Good morning, Mr. Golden. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. I was just uh, listening to your guest talk about always vote for the incumbent. What about term limits? I mean, isn't term limits supposed to weed out these people that are in politics for decades, not just one or two terms? We have term limits. We have term limits. They're called elections. And this is one of the things that I see. You know, I understand. Look, I've been uh, dealing with people that wanted term limits ever since uh, it was introduced on the contract for America, this idea we should have term limits. And I've been opposed to it from day one, the way that it's stated. We have term limits. They're called elections. And if you, like I do, for instance, there are certain Republicans that I wish we could get rid of, politically speaking, of course. The way to do that is to organize, to turn out more votes against them. They have to run every two years. Our Constitution is genius. It puts the House closest to the people up for a vote every two years. Every single member of Congress can be turned out. If we wanted to, as you hear people say all the time, we need to sweep the whole thing clean and start again. Guess what? The American people do have that power granted to them constitutionally. What we don't have is the political will to make it happen. But we have term limits. They're called elections. Autry, what do you say? I'm also against the term limit. I actually wrote an article about this called The Term Limit Catastrophe, The Massive Brain Drain. If you engage in term limits, you're actually going to turn over Congress to the staff. This is a part of, like, uh, political uh, neophytes. Don't uh, have a hard time grasping this. The, the problem is this. Congress is largely controlled by staff, right? They, they control the schedules. They control agendas. They control the process. 
It takes a new member of Congress at least two cycles, mostly time three, before they have enough experience to actually be able to know what they're doing when they get elected to offices like any other job. They get there, they don't know what they're doing. If you engage in term limits, the second they get a handle on how, the reason why Mitch McConnell, for example, could do what he did with the Supreme Court was because he had been there decades to understand, okay, I know where this game is going with Merrick Garland, and I know how to solve it. If we let, if we pass term limits the way it is now, the, the, the staff will end up running the country, not our elected politicians. What you're talking about, Autry, is called institutional knowledge. And the institutional knowledge is necessary to function properly. Ralph, you called in with this. I'm going to give you the last word. You've heard the counter arguments. What do you think? Okay, look at the way we are in this country today. That's the result of institutional knowledge. No, look, I thank couldn't agree. Thank you. Always a pleasure to hear from you, Ralph. Ralph, I believe me, I understand your frustration. Believe me. Yeah, me and, and, and let me tell you something. When you look at what's going on in the House right now, the five people that are trying to say to Kevin McCarthy, no way am I voting for you, they are being pillaged and demonized. There are seven more from the Freedom Caucus who just stood up this week and said, this is what we want in the House Speaker. So all together now, that's you've got the seven plus the five. We've got 12 members, only 12 members of the Republican Party saying, stop this nonsense that goes on in the House. But they are being, and and by the way, some of conservatism's brightest stars are bashing these guys, saying, oh, no, we need Kevin McCarthy, and the rest of you need to shut up. People that I adore are standing and saying, it's going to be Kevin, and shut up. I'm telling you, we have, as an electorate, more power than we think we do. What we don't have is what Democrats specialize in. And that is organization. I will never forget how we mocked Obama. Now, he's just a community organizer. And Stacey Abrams. We did the same thing to her. Yep. And look what it's gotten. If we don't, if we don't start learning how to organize our community of conservatives, folks, bah humbug. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. More of your calls right after this. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Yes, I'm ready. I've been ready. Uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley with you here on Saturday morning. Our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're heading back to your telephones. Unless it's for Carrie Lake. Staples Witness, bring us back. I'll take you there. We started with Sam and Dave on our celebration of Stax music. Let's leave out with some Sam and Dave.
You know, I didn't... I didn't understand the double entendre in this song until I got a bit older. I was a little kid just singing this, just, 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 hold on, baby, I'm coming. And it's like, okay. What double entendre? It means I'm coming home to you, honey. I'm, that's what it means. It's like the summer of 69 by uh, Brian Adams. That was Which I still don't know if I believe that that is a double entendre, but I've been told that well, you that's know, what it means. 69 was a very good year. Yes. You know, it's amazing how the Blues Brothers actually were so into the Memphis sound. Yeah. Look here, Dave. Right, let's head back to the telephones on WABC. Ralph in New Jersey, thank you for waiting. Thank you for um, taking my call, Bo. You know, this uh, deal that went down in Russia, I can describe it as nothing more than a road deal. It's supposed to be a two-to-one kind of deal. Yet, you know, one uh, person returned back to us rather than two. And so that came down to like a one-on-one deal. In point of fact, Joseph Biden here aired on the side of Black Lives Matter and left the white guy behind. Okay? And so that's where we are at this point in time. Uh, can I say, can I say, Bo, that Joseph Biden doesn't care about white people? You know, well, can I say that? I think that we can, rather than say uh, Joseph Biden doesn't care about white people, I think it's safe to say that Joe Biden doesn't care about the deeper aspects of much of what he's doing. If you heard Diana's report from Just Die, this was a horrible trade because this man that they traded for is the personification of evil in this world. And she mentioned the millions of African lives that were affected. And this is a true statement. We just shouldn't gloss over that. But at the same time, Donald Trump was offered the deal. And he turned it down because he realized what a vile human being this guy was. And what is Donald Trump's thanks? Today, the brother of Whelan is blaming Donald Trump for not taking the deal to swap this merchant of death earlier. So Joe Biden commits a horrible deal. Leaves Joe Biden leaves his brother in Russia. And he blames Trump. This is this out-of-control Trump hate that has spread through so many quarters. Let us go to Maureen in Connecticut. Maureen, thank you for waiting. Hey, James. I am so thrilled to be on with you. Um, I have three really quick things. Number one, um, 
humor is always calling our country a democracy. We're, we're a republic. Um, I don't know how one turns this around to get people to understand what, what our country really is. But <clears throat> the other thing is, I mean, we're a corporate state, and I don't, I'd don't. i like to know whether you could tell me who started this Nazi uh, uh, title of the homeland. Now, this, the, the final thing. <laughs> yeah. That Britain, was during the Bushy. That was the Bushies. That was the, the Bushies after 9-11. <laughs> And look, I, I I love George Bush forty three when he was in office, and I supported him. But let's face it, that was I remember when they first started talking about the Department of Homeland Security. I'm like, what is this commie commie department here? But boy, have they ever lived up to that? What's your What's your third thing, Maureen? Okay, my and, and thirdly is um, uh, this uh, Brit Grimer, this. Um, individual who is not a female last night i was wa- uh, watching and we know um the patriot light i guess is under uh, and um <clears throat> towards the end of the program they were showing pictures of this individual who is being released out of russian prisons he was he was topless with all kinds of tattoos across his chest and his arm and as as they said there were no no no, no. Brittany there were no is, surgical marks on his body indicating that he was a, a woman. Look, uh, I, I have not done the close-up examination on Brittany Griner, to be totally fair. I haven't done the close-up, and the prospect of doing that is not in my wheelhouse. I, I Let me tell you what. I, 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 I got to say something here, and I don't want you to take it the wrong way because I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. There have been no indications that Brittany Griner is anything other than she said she is, which is a woman. And I see people making horrible remarks about Michelle Obama all the time and the same kind of thing. I don't like that. I don't like it. These black women are women. And I don't like what happens. And I mean, some of the things that are said about Michelle Obama are truly horrible. Now, we may not like her policy. We may not like things that she says or she does. But I draw the line at trying to disparage somebody that we don't know, have never met, on the basis of some weird crap that's on the Internet um, that or some kook conspiracy nut job comes up with. I think it's disturbing. I don't play those games. I don't like it. I love you, Maureen. But I say that in all honesty. I, I just think it's very distasteful. Sherry, in Arizona, you're up next. Oh, I'm so happy to get you both. I want to talk about the Maricopa County. Uh, they had two hours of people testifying why they didn't get the vote. They were there to vote. They could not vote. The machines were not working. And they were given two minutes to talk. Two minutes. When the two minutes was up, they were shut off. And Ben Bergstrom, he's a very well-known person. He, he, they tried to, to, to shut him up too. And, and it was two hours of debate. So I went in to search for the Maricopa uh, County Election Board, and I found it. And it was it was put up by Yahoo. I pushed the button to watch this again so I could share it, and they won't show it. They took it down. Oh so yeah. We can't even 
Yeah, we, they took it down. Well, and our so, time, speaking of taking down, honey, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but our time is up. We got to run. Archie Pruitt, New Journey, newjourneypack.org, where people can find you. Newjourneypack.org. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley here. It's been my pleasure to be with you, and thank you for joining us. We love you. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. As we are in the Christmas season, may God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll be back on Monday for Boston Early's Rush Hour at 4 o'clock. I have the greatest crew in radio. Thank you, guys. All of you who work on this show, you guys are amazing. We love you. Thank you so much for all you do. We'll be back on Monday, 4 o'clock. See you then. Bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.